everyone, welcome. We're a little nervous, so you have to give us some grace, some grace here. Um, but we are both really excited to start our first episode of the Young Conductors podcast. Um, so really quickly, I want to introduce my amazing friend and colleague, Sean, to give a brief uh, bio about himself. Let, it, let us know who you are. Hey, everyone. My name is Sean. Um, currently, I'm in my last year of my master's degree at West Virginia University, um, studying orchestral conducting. Um, I also serve as the assistant conductor of the Morgantown Community Orchestra here. Um, I guess just a little brief history of my background. Uh, in fourth grade, I started playing the violin. Um, then the fifth grade band started on trombone. And then all through middle school, I played trombone and violin. And then actually in eighth grade, I switched from trombone to tuba. And then all through high school, I did violin and tuba. And then in my undergrad, I majored in music education and I did a double primary in tuba and violin. And I actually would not recommend that you do that because <laughs> it's very stressful. <laughs> I don't blame you. Do you think, was it so? Why did you decide to major in both of those? I think it was just like I was so used to playing both of them all the time. Um, I always auditioned for like all state on both instruments and. I always did pick band though, which is interesting because now I'm doing the, the orchestral route. So it, it's weird. I was grown up in band, but I'm now wanting to do orchestra. So it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it was just, it just felt like part of me to do both of them. <laughs> right. I've known you for like six years and I still think it's so interesting that the tuba and the violin are like complete opposites. Oh yeah. And yet you play both of them, but now you're an orchestral conductor. So obviously one side was a favorite, I guess. Right. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, well, thanks, Sean. Um, just to give a brief background about me, uh, my name is Cole. I'm from Parkersburg, West Virginia. I grew up singing in choir forever. Started in elementary school, went all the way up to high school. And then I went to WVU where I met this awesome guy, Sean, who was a completely random roommate um which was honestly best case scenario um oh yeah for sure i was music ed um but then i ended up switching to performance which which by the way was just one of the best decisions i've ever made especially being a, a choral conductor who i am today i learned so much um but now i am a graduate student in choral conducting and music education at radford university so it's it's been an interesting journey um, and I know that Sean and I are really excited to let people in to our conversations. I mean, we were talking about this episode last night and I, we spent like 40 minutes talking about it. So like, we're going to try to like trim this down today. Right, Sean? We also to like, this is, these are conversations that we would have anyways. We always talk about this. Stuff. Right? <laughs> these are for other people. The two people who are right. going to be interested <laughs> can, can hear us share our thoughts. So, right. um, yeah, let's let's get started talking about um, our missions and goals for this episode. Um, so this was a, a brainchild of of mine. And I, I thought, you know, who better to do this than this awesome friend that I have who's a really talented teacher, conductor, musician. Um, and so 
I was thinking about Sean and I as freshmen and we would be in our dorm room and we would totally nerd out and conduct for each other and talk about, well, at the time he was a band geek all the way, all the way. <laughs> we would talk about like different literature and make each other watch different videos and conduct for each other and yada, 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 yada. Like we had really big dreams and ambitions. Um, and so what better way to, um, share all the things that we learned with people who have similar dreams and similar passions. Um, and we kind of had to carve our own path and make a lot of opportunities for ourselves. Right. Like it's, yeah, we just were ambitious. <laughs> we were so ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ambitious. Um, and it really, but for both of us, it started in high school. So, um, so yeah, we're, we really want to provide aspiring conducting teachers with tips, resources, advice on choosing this path um, and try to make it easier for you uh, based off of the things that we've um, we've learned and experienced. So yeah. Sorry, I kind of a kind of a little derailment here. Um, I know that you you kind of taught me the term conductor teacher. I really like that term. I'm wondering if you could kind of explain the meaning behind that. Yeah, sure. And so I, I want I think you and I've had this conversation many times is that I've been in, uh, in an ensemble with someone who is a really great teacher, but a really bad conductor. And I've been in the ensemble of someone who is a really good conductor, but a really bad teacher. And so the, right. the term I kind of stole from my teacher who actually stole it from her teacher. Um, hey, Melvin. And sorry. Um, <laughs> No, I love it. He's an honorary conductor. He wants to conduct. Right. Um, love it. So conductor teacher is really just a, a, a term saying about how the two relationships really go hand in hand. You know, being a conductor really means being a really good educator and being an educator is being a really good conductor and know how to rehearse the ensemble and give suggestions. So thanks for asking that. Maybe yeah, we'll have a guest sure. to talk about that some more. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And then we also just want to say, um, you know, obviously we are still very young conductors. That's why the name is Young Conductors. Um, <laughs> so, so what we say obviously is not set in stone. Um, Cole and I have very unique paths. Like I wouldn't say that really anything we do is like the same. So it's nice that we kind of have both of these tracks. Um, and and th that'll be the same for you all. Like you'll have your own individual track. So, I mean, take what we say, but don't think that it's set in stone. And it's absolutely what you have to do. Right. I mean, I see these people and we talk about this all the time. There, there are some people like on TikTok specifically who are sharing their journey to be an amazing conductor. Um, but they have no experience, no background in it at all. And so we really wanted to create this space where we can share everything that we've learned. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate Sean for saying that, that we are not the, like the end all be all on this. Like we are still learning um, and we still are humans and we'll make mistakes and learn and grow from that. And so, so yeah. Uh, but for this episode, um, we're going to get into the nitty gritty here in a minute, but I, I do want to say that um our goals for this podcast right now are our short-term goals is that we're going to provide uh, eight episodes. Um, and 
We have tons of ideas about what to talk about in those episodes, everything from uh, creating opportunities, which is something that we've already talked about a little bit. Uh, score study approaches, Sean and I's approaches are so different, so different. Um, and neither one is, is better than the other. Uh, but I think they both uh, help us in our interdisciplinary paths or whatever. Um, how to choose and find literature or something that a lot of people um, have their own methods with. How to record conducting videos. Ugh, we've been a, done a oh, ton of those, a ton of those. <laughs> and some of them have been really bad. Um, so learn from right. us. Don't, don't do what we do. Um, <laughs> And also, we want to welcome some some guests to talk about different conducting philosophies and ideas. Um, maybe our teachers, too, the people who we are learning from, can uh, come on and, and share some things. So uh, that being said, uh, where do you start? Sean, where do we start? Right. Where do we start? Um, so <laughs> I, think, I think that um, we can really center in on high school uh, age students, whether that's freshman through senior, I think any any of those ages are fine. Um, what is really important at that age is to become pretty competent on your instrument. Right. Um, obviously, you don't have to be the new Hillary Hahn. You just gotta you gotta make sure that you're aware of the mechanics, technique. And just just how you're playing your instrument and how you might teach someone else to play that instrument um and a good way to do that is to get some private lessons even if it's just with your band director or orchestra director um just take that initiative to get those lessons and then that kind of goes into my next point if you take that initiative with your teacher then your teacher might be able to give you some more opportunities in terms of conducting or even teaching. Um, like when I was in high school, this was maybe my junior or senior year, not as a, as a freshman, but later in high school, I actually took on some rehearsals. Like if my band director was gone, she'd be like, Hey, Sean, there's going to be a sub, but I want you to kind of take on the rehearsal and lead the rehearsal. And I was just like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> So that, I think that's where my, my nerdiness Nerd. began with conducting. Yeah. So just make it known to your teacher that this is something that you're really interested in. Because um, really, when you're in high school, your teacher is probably going to be your biggest advocate. And like I said, whether that's your ensemble director or your private teacher. Right. No, I definitely agree. I, I'm, I'm still so thankful for all the opportunities that my high school ensemble director, my, the choir director did for me. Um, like she is still such a huge part uh, and a huge reason of why I'm here. And a lot of the stuff that we learn, even till like where I am today, I think about the the fundamental of being a musician I learned in her, her choir. So I still totally yeah. appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, if you're a high school student and this is a path that you want to do. Like you also really have to start thinking about what are you going to do after high school? You know, like, yeah. are you going to major in music or not? I mean, I, hopefully the answer would be yes. If you want to be a conductor teacher for sure, majoring in music, but what are you going to major in? And what is the best case scenario for what kind of institution or program are you going to go to? You know, these are all really important questions. And I think 
you know, feeding off of what Sean was saying, having a good relationship with your teacher, they're going to know you pretty well to, to give you recommendations about where to look. Like if there's a school in your state or near your home, that is like really awesome. And they know the kind of students that that program produces, they may, you know, already start getting you connections there. Maybe that's your, you did the honor band at some random university and that's a program that you could look towards but um that's the other thing yeah always do like those type of honor bands or all state or honor orchestras if you have those as well um that's pretty important as a high school student too sorry to interrupt no no yeah and i think it's it's also really interesting because sean and i are so similar yet we're so different so like i said earlier i graduated with a voice performance degree um, I did t- have coursework in music education. I took a lot of classes um, during undergrad, but um, the, the voice performance degree at that institution was the best case scenario to prepare me to teach uh, singing, ensemble and, and solo singing, and which is a big part of um, being a, a choral conductor teacher. You know, I, I was able, I had more access to classes that I wouldn't have had is what I'm trying to say as a music ed major. Like uh, at at our institution for undergrad, um, diction was not required for music education majors, right? So like, oh, like that is crazy in itself. But when I switched to performance, I was able to take two semesters of diction. And then I was able to take two semesters of voice pedagogy and uh, like learning how to teach the voice. And so I felt very prepared. Um, And I also was able to have flexibility in like taking independent studies and things. And that's what we'll, we'll kind of dive into when we get to the college student portion. Um, But Sean, do you maybe want to talk about your ed ed degree? Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, like I said, I did music education uh, in my undergrad. And I actually, I stayed, I did my undergrad at West Virginia University. And I stayed here because I I developed a really great relationship uh, with the orchestra director here. And it just, it just felt right to just stay here for my master's. Um, But I'll get into that you know, another time, probably another episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so came in as music ed. And so as a music ed student, now this is not the same everywhere. I mean, each program has has their own things. Um, But for us, our music ed program is, it's pretty rigorous in terms of, of the amount of education courses that you have to take. Um, especially the pedagogy classes. Obviously, you have to take those everywhere. Um, but with all of that, you also have to take lessons on your on your major your primary instrument, and you have to do major ensembles. So, finding the time to really practice your instrument is super hard, especially if you did a double primary like I did. Again, don't do it. Um, <laughs> There's just not enough time to practice all of that stuff. Now, as you progress through the degree, it's not as as hard to find some time. Like when you're when you're first entering, you're going to have your 8 a.m. theory, like no matter what you major in, you're going to have that. You're going to have your music history class like you're just you have to take those things. Um, but with music ed, you have all the pedagogy classes that you have to take and then just general education classes as well. Um, so Sean, what, what are pedagogy classes? So the pedagogy classes are where you learn to teach the other instruments that are not your major instrument. 
So like we have brass pedagogy, woodwind pedagogy, string pedagogy, um, and percussion pedagogy. And with each of those pedagogies, I don't know if that's the plural for that, <laughs> um. but there's like, there's like little modules. So like with woodwind ped, we did a recorder module. With brass ped, we did a guitar module. And then with percussion ped, we did a, um, a world music module. So that was kind of cool to get all of those. Uh, things and obviously a semester is just not enough time to learn all of that right. stuff um, with our with our degree we had to do proficiencies so not only were we learning how to teach the instrument we also had to learn to play the instrument and that was quite stressful sometimes because the requirements would sometimes. be a little much yeah all the time really um, <laughs> but you know learning how to play it is in a way helpful to, to learning how to teach it. Um, so it's, it's pretty important that they do that as well. Um, so for you choir nerds that are listening to this right now, I just want to say, just to clarify what Sean is. Oh, there about, is a voice ped. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention. Well, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you, so when you take a brass pedagogy class, for example, or any of the other ones that you take what, at this undergraduate program that Sean and I went to, for example, you have like three instruments that you have to learn to play in that semester. And at the end of each instrument, you have to take like a proficiency exam. Um, and so that may scare some people because it scared me and I struggled with those, honestly, as Sean knows. Um, but one thing that I think is important to highlight is that um, that's not every education program out there. So the one that Sean has, and Sean can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Sean is licensed to teach K through 12 uh, general music, instrumental music, and uh, vocal choral music. Um, so that means he had to like had a hodgepodge of classes that he had to take. Right. But Sean, did you take a uh, wind literature class? No. <laughs> right. Did no. you? We had an instrumental methods course which kind of touched on that a little bit um right. like we were we found out where to find find some repertoire uh for wind band um right i would say our string pedagogy class was probably one of the best but it was one of the longest it was four days a week which was kind of, right. kind of a lot but also that was you i mean really in hindsight for people who want to be orchestra directors for example going to a degree program like that there's only one strings class that you take your right. whole time beyond yeah. uh like applied beyond lessons and ensemble lessons like that's it and I, I i agree that that string ped class that we took it together and that was probably one of my favorite classes there but you know for you being a high school student and you looking at a, a degree program to get um and let's say you are a strings person or you're a choir person like that is important things to note when trying to choose a program. Like at Radford, where I am now, I think it's so interesting that the music ed program has two tracks. We don't have really a lot of string people here, but you can choose the instrumental track or the choral track. And they're both different. And you both you graduate with K through 12 licensure and all the same things that Sean, Sean did. But uh, with the tracks, you allow more classes to be offered. Right. So our choral music ed people 
have to take all the same general music classes that everybody has to take, but they take uh, choral conducting, they take choral literature, choral methods, they take voice ped, and I think there's a section of like diction along with that. And so, um, I don't know, I think it's really just, you know, what are you wanting to get from your undergraduate degree that you feel is best going to prepare you? And I think Sean would agree with me that a lot of the um, opportunities and things that I him and I tried to do was try to cover a lot of those bases. You know, like I mm -hmm. took an independent study with the choir director at WVU and we talked about how to teach choir and how to choose literature. And um, I'm so, so thankful for that going into this degree, but you know, it, it's totally fine um, getting an ed degree that specializes in everything, but you may have to play catch up in some sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. speaking of the catch up, let's talk about, are you a college student? <laughs> That's wanting to get into conducting. Um, right. That's that's a whole other conversation. And it kind of leads into what I was saying, you know, um, where do you start? Um, and I think the first step, and hopefully Sean would agree with me on this, but the first step I think would be talking to your ensemble director um, mm -hmm. and letting them know that you have an interest in conducting. Um Sean and I both were really lucky to have mentors who provided us many opportunities to do anything that we really wanted to um, and through taking an independent study. So what an independent study is, is basically you sign up to do a, a directed study about something with a certain professor, right? So the choir director at WVU, I signed up to do an independent study with her in conducting. So that was my conducting lessons. And so um that was just one of the best decisions I think I made at WVU um and Sean also did an independent study in conducting with the orchestra director but through taking lessons with her we talked about many things but eventually she started putting me in front of the ensemble so I slowly started by warming up the choir she'd make me warm them up a lot and in hindsight, I'm really glad because now I just do that like nobody's business, um, even right. in this program. <laughs> um, so I started warming up the ensemble. She, let me, she started letting me warming up the ensemble. And then um, eventually by my senior year, she actually gave me pieces to conduct with the choirs at WU, which I think is just still such, I'm so honored. Really and great that experience. She, yeah, that she trusted me with that right you know it, it, it takes a lot of trust to hand somebody else over your to your ensemble. Ensemble. <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously because it's like what are they going to do what what are they going to teach you know but i think that right. um i would say that she probably had a lot of trust in me i mean not probably but she did have a lot of trust in me as a conductor teacher and so i'm really thankful for that um sean do you have any other advice about current college students what to do yeah sure so um i think at least at our in our degree program, we had to get through like there were three conducting courses. We had to get through all three of those before we could take the independent study. Um, that could totally be different somewhere else. I'm not really sure. Right. Um, but I would I would at least start with those. I know like here, if you're a performance major, you only had to take the first conducting class. Um, but if if conducting is something you're interested in, you should take all of the conducting right. classes, obviously, um, and then go on to, to do your, your independent study. And it's also important, even if it's not required, it's pretty important to stay in those ensembles. 
Like if I were to take independent study with our orchestra director and not be in our orchestra, he'd probably be like, why, <laughs> why would you not be in orchestra? Yeah. Cause that's, that's right. where you learn a lot is, is like in rehearsals, observing rehearsals right. um, is, is really important too. I also think that um, one thing that I've totally valued during my time in undergrad is going to conferences. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I learned so much in all the different ones that I've gone to. I'm mostly thinking of the different ACDA conferences that I've been to. Um, but you're like learning from like experts about various things that like you're not going to be able to learn in your short amount of right. time uh, getting a degree, you know, um, I knew nothing about transgender or trans expansive or gender expansive voices um, after the pedagogy classes that I took, but like going to a, a conference and learning about that, I'm like, so, so, so thankful because that has set me up. That's just like one example of something that set me up to be a successful teacher and things I didn't expect. So if you're a college student, yes, talk to your ensemble director, let them know you're interested. They'll probably tell you things to start doing. Um, and, or, or put you in the right direction of somebody who could, who could help you. Um, but also go to conferences, milk as many things as you can while you're there. Um, because it's really great, um, to, uh, be in a safe environment where you can still learn all these things. And, um, yeah, so. And also I right. know that, like, I know with me, the imposter syndrome can come in and I automatically <laughs> oh, yeah. think, right people are like, oh, why are you at this conference? Like my brain does that to itself, but don't feel like that. Like you're there to learn. Uh, you should be there, especially your your state's uh, music educators conferences. Those are pretty important as well. Even observing- Especially like, for marketing ensemble purposes. rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Sean, do you wanna talk about what seniors or post-graduates should do sure yeah <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the question isn't it right um, yeah so by this time if you're if you're fully interested in conducting um you should probably start to look at at some graduate schools sorry my cat <laughs> <laughs> melvin, that <was> melvin. <laughs> sorry um, lost my train of thought. Oh, graduate schools. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a senior getting ready to graduate and you're really interested in conducting, you should take a look, look at some graduate schools. And I think we'll talk about that in, in another episode, right? Or do you want to talk about it I now? I think we can talk about it now. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, graduate schools, this is, kind of the similar thing when we were talking about undergrads, like finding your, finding your institution that you'd like to attend. Um, for graduate school and conducting, you, the biggest thing I think is to look for podium time. Sometimes certain programs will have like, you will conduct the community orchestra or you will conduct our Philharmonic or like they might have different orchestras or different bands or whatever. Um, and you might get that orchestra or that ensemble, I should say. Um, so it's important to look at, at that kind of thing and what exactly you'll be doing when you're there. Mm -hmm. um, also super important to look at the teacher. If you oh, know yeah. nothing about the teacher, then you probably shouldn't apply. Um, 
and you know feel free to just shoot them an email and be like hey i'm kind of kind of interested in this is there any info you can get me or or you just want to visit or something like that i think most professors are are pretty welcoming to that um so definitely research the programs and also i'm sure you will talk about this as well for me i think but if you're going to attend graduate school, it's, it's important to find an assistantship because you will just be so broke if you don't have an assistantship <laughs> or some type of, of scholarship. Um, and a lot of times, like with the with the conducting, your assistantship would be conducting that extra ensemble or whatever. Like my assistantship now um is serving as our assistant conductor, our graduate assistant conductor, as well as like setting up the orchestra room, doing Boeings and all that kind of stuff. So that might be your assistantship too. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty important to look for in graduate school as well. No, I agree. I mean, I think there are some other things that I'm thinking about, some variables about choosing a graduate school. So Sean's right. Like, who is this person that you're going to be studying with, right? Because other questions that I think about um, is I know that there are really big programs who have a master's and doctoral level conducting degrees and the main professor is not there um, a lot of the time because they're traveling all over doing the all states and the honor bands and, and doing all that, but they're not there. And so I think if you are looking for a doctoral degree and you have experience and all that stuff under your belt, I think that is great great choice to go to a bigger school. But if you're looking for a master's degree, which Sean and I can really speak on, I think Sean's right. Podium time um, is a question that was a really big, big thing for me. And I'm so thankful that I made the choice that I did because I have got exorbitant amounts of, of podium time um, conducting and teaching. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, also choosing location is something that you really need to think about when you're choosing a graduate school. So like I decided that I did not want to stay in the state of West Virginia. That was a choice I made graduating. And I was like, I'm ready to move, go somewhere else. And so everywhere that I applied was in like a four to eight hour radius. I knew I wanted to be within a day's trip home, but, um, but yeah, that was a really conscious decision that I, um, that I made. So, but I mean, also my teacher, I value her more than just her conducting gesture, for example. Like when I say the word conductor teacher, she is just like everything about that word. I mean, I think that Sean and I talked about bringing her on to talk about um, one of her conducting philosophies, which was really decentering herself as the conductor. Um, she also has a lot of interest and in research in um, social justice music and programming choir concerts through a social justice lens, which is something that, that was interesting to me. So, so I think Sean's right. Really read up on your potential teacher and um, don't be afraid to contact them. Like Sean said, I mean, I emailed everybody that I was interested in and I said, can we meet for um, a 15 minute phone conversation? And I asked all of them the questions that I needed to know. Some of them after that phone call said, nope, not interested. And some of them were right. like, wow, I didn't know this. This is something that I'm <laughs> really interested in. Um, and so, yeah, and, and Sean's right about the assistantship too, just to piggyback off of that uh, again, is that um, my graduate teaching assistantship 
is um, I'm the my official titles uh, graduate teaching assistant of choral studies. I know it's fancy, um, <laughs> but uh, that kind of I what it means is that I am a TA for everything that my teacher does. So she is the director of choirs and choral music education. So. Every semester, there's a different choral music ed class, and I TA that one, and as, as well as uh, help and perform in all the choirs. Um, so that's, I'm getting a lot of great experience, and so I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Because, I mean, I I I don't think I would have taken an assistantship if I was just like uh, in charge of like the choir library or something. I know that there's a lot of big schools that, that is their assistantship. They are in charge of the music library, and that's, that's all that they do. Some of the stuff I have to do as well. Right. And I think I, it, it's, it's interesting because as conductors, and I show, Sean and I have talked about this before, our instrument is the ensemble. So that means that we practice in isolation all the time, but we really can't put what we're learning or trying to do into effect until we are in front of an ensemble. And so I think really paying attention to what you'll be doing at at your, your uh, graduate degree is really important. How much time are you gonna get in front of them? And they and it's interesting, cause I, I don't know if this is the same for uh, instrumental conducting degrees, but I know that there are a lot of programs out there that have, uh, they say, oh yeah, you have a bunch of podium time with our repertory singers or our graduate level singers. And that really means is that graduate students get together in a little choir and then everybody gets a chance to conduct them. Right. And so that was something that I kind of was like, no, I really want to like work with people who are still trying to perfect their musicianship. Right. And uh, my teacher now told me and said, she said, you're going to be getting your hands dirty with this assistantship, saying that, like, I'm going to have to put a lot of time and energy and and all that stuff into what I'm doing and and really try to think about outside the box ways to uh, help fix things. So anyhow, rant over. There are just so many things to think about for grad yeah, school for um, sure. and Sean, Sean talked about a lot of them. So, so yeah. And then next um, time we talk about this, uh, you know, in regards to podium time, we'll talk about kind of making your own opportunities uh, for, for your own podium time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's something that college students really should start doing as soon as possible. Um, because I, I still see, I think graduate conductors that I see, you know, everywhere, whether it's videos online or whatever, that are still very uncomfortable in front of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting to the point where it's I'm like, let's experience. Oh yeah. Like in time too. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's nerve wracking being the leader per se, you know, and right. you really are having to be on the whole time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, 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 so, I get so upset when I see people who are sharing conducting advice and all these things to, and, and all their only experience is conducting a recording of the Berlin, whatever on Spotify. <laughs> what is it? Symphony Philharmonic. What is it? <laughs> Berlin Phil. Yeah. Berlin Phil. Oh, They're conducting <laughs> to a recording of the Berlin Phil on Spotify and they look pretty in their mirror, you know, and they're like, Oh, I'm a conductor. That is not, the extent of what a conductor is, right? right. So, so much I just think there's so much more. And in thinking about the term conductor teacher, I think really wraps it up. You know, it's mm-hmm. like conductors, we study, yes, we study gesture, but we study literature. We study um, score analysis. We study um, rehearsal techniques. 
um, pedagogy of the instruments that we're teaching. Like, there's so many things that go along with being a conductor teacher that really your undergraduate degree will prepare you a little bit if you decide to go into the different paths that we talked about, but really that's what you um, need to think about for a graduate degree. So, right. um, and don't be so afraid yeah, to take know. initiative. Oh like, yeah. Ask oh, questions, yeah. always ask questions because you know, believe yes. it or not, teachers actually like when you ask questions. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> well, certain questions, I think I'll say. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, conductors love to talk about themselves. So so don't don't shy away <laughs> from asking your ensemble right. directors about that. So, um, but yeah, Sean and I are going to move into our final stage of the, uh, the discussion today. And um, we wanted to end with giving y'all some conductors to watch. Um, and I think we're going to try to do this every episode just to get people watching because it's good to, to get different perspectives and look at different types of conductors and different gestures. Everybody's different and, and unique in their own way. Um, so Sean, who, who do you recommend for our uh, instrumental people to watch? Right. So this is, uh, he's a professional orchestra conductor. He's been around for quite some time. Uh, his name is John Elliott Gardner. And mm -hmm. I think like he's absolutely amazing there in particular, there's a series of videos that he has on YouTube um, covering all of Beethoven's symphonies. And it's just him talking about the symphony and what's going through his mind when he's, when he's conducting this or when he's rehearsing. So just like watching, I don't know, one of the videos is probably like 10 minutes long. Just watching that video, you learn so much like about the piece, about a little bit of rehearsal and, and what he's doing on the podium. Um, so we'll share that link um, somehow <laughs> with. Uh, for we'll figure videos. it out. We'll get it to you. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> um, and then my uh, suggestion is this fantastic, fantastic conductor. I've, I've talked about her a lot to Sean. Um, her name is Dr. Uh, Sandra Snow. She's at Michigan State University. She's actually the teacher of my teacher. And um, she Your conducting is... conducting grandma. Yes, my conducting grandma. Thank you. Um, <laughs> she is amazing. She is so amazing. Her gesture is beautiful. Her philosophies around teaching. She, I think she might have been the one that came up with the term conductor teacher because I'm also going to share a link. She has a, a video that she gave, she put out years ago. I'm talking about the role of the conductor teacher, the choral conductor teacher, and goes into so many different things about how to do warm-ups, how to score study. Um, and it, it's in this free little video online that I, I can share. Um, but we definitely think that you should uh, look into these two people and uh, let us know what you think, if anything. Um, hopefully these are two, two new very different conductors. <laughs> so different. But I mean, that's, I mean, even our, sh like Sean and I shirts are similar, right? But they're so different. Our, <laughs> our career paths are similar yet. There's, and this was not planned by the way, our career right. path is similar, but so different. And I think that's why I'm so excited to, to team up with this awesome guy to, to talk about these things with y'all. So, How sweet. um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> thanks for watching. I really appreciate it. Um, if you got all the way through this, uh, we are so, so thankful. Even if one person yes, watches you and it's so our much. moms, then right. we, are, <laughs> we are totally honored. Totally honored. Um, yeah. But we, uh, yeah, 
want to say thanks also, and, and goodbye to like you know follow us on instagram or or facebook oh, yeah. i use facebook much more than i use instagram uh you can find me at sean hancher um on both of those that's my name on both yeah. both and our days. instagram is at young conductors so you can there's links to our profiles on that so if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thanks again for watching, and we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Bye, y'all. Thank you.